Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello and happy October to you. We have a bonus Halloween episode for you. We are going to talk about cats, Halloween, which is my favorite time of the year. I don't know about you, Miranda, but I love Halloween. Halloween is like <laughs> the best. We go all out. <laughs> and with Halloween comes a whole bunch of things that we need to keep in mind. But also, there's a lot of mythology that comes around. So we're going to have some storytelling, some facting, whatever you want to call it. We're just going to have fun today. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to turn it over to you, Miranda. Let's get this going. I love Halloween, so I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, this episode is going to revolve mostly around cats, but there will be a little bit of information that will pertain to your doggies as well. So just because you don't have a cat, you know, you might still want to tune in and listen to this anyways to get some other juicy tidbits. Have you ever wondered how cats even came to be associated with Halloween? Well, I think everybody's thinking, which, 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 which? Well, that's a good part of it, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But there's even before that how they became associated with witches. And we'll get into that. Cool. But could this association put your cats in harm's way? Ooh. We'll explore that as we go along here. Are there other considerations that you might need to think about around the Halloween holiday? Stay tuned as we explore these questions and some other ideas. For those of you who do have cats and have the Halloween holiday in your province or state, do you do anything differently regarding your cats on that day or surrounding days? Keep that in the back of your mind as we explore further. But first of all, we are going to share with you some Halloween lore. Mm, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> My favorite part. <laughs> there are a variety of super superstitions, myths, and beliefs that surround Halloween. And one of the beliefs is that crossing paths with a black cat brings bad luck. I think a lot of people are familiar with that belief. Yeah, it just means a black cat walked across your path. That's all it yeah. means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, whether you believe it or whether you've just heard of it, I, pretty much everybody, I think, who is familiar with Halloween has heard that belief. But here's some other information that you may not be aware of. The Catholic Church at one point documented that black cats were incarnations of Satan, as well as pointed hats. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> There's also a connection with widowed or unwed women who lived alone and had a cat during the medieval times. It was believed that black cats in particular were shapeshifters or familiars or even the devil. Crazy. So now they are used as a symbol for Halloween to represent spookiness. 
I don't know. Cats are spooky, no matter what color they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're so cool. <laughs> Speaking of which, my cat just walked in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me shut the door. Were your ears burning, Maisie? <laughs> she knew all right sorry about that sorry for the interruption (laughs) some interesting witch history or additional witch history is that pointed hats were worn by certain groups but they only became popularly associated with witches because of the wizard of oz so the catholic church used pointed hats after that happened because that was like i don't know when that was but that was like when was wizard of oz i don't know but uh i think wizard of oz was i think probably 1940s it was before color really was invented okay like a special technology i have to research that hold on one second (laughs) pause on the podcast 1939 wow Wow. (laughs) I wonder if the Catholic Church had some foreshadowing. Interesting (laughs) little tidbit of information. Mm -hmm. The cloaks that are associated with witches were commonly worn during medieval times, but they became more associated with sorcery when Bella Lugosi played the title role in the play Dracula. (laughs) I love these little tidbits. That's so fun. Bella Lugosi is awesome. Yeah. You guys yeah, are going to get is. a little bit of a tidbit into like who Victoria is. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll like s- Bella. Yeah. We'll see what you th- guys think with this next one. Uh oh. <laughs> Author Kristen Soleil states that there is evidence that suggests that brooms have been associated with sex magic. And the flying aspect of broom seems to be connected with hallucinogens. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, you know, you guys are probably never going to look at witches the same way anymore. People who dress up at that as them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so early Christian churches felt threatened by those that started to follow the pagan Wiccan religions who were typically viewed as witches. Mm. They had an issue with the painted affection that seemed to be occurring between the humans and animals and viewed it as being diabolical or devilish. Probably because they didn't understand it. Mm, Most likely. I mean, nature is nature. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all of you guys who listen to Daniel Viles knows that animals are pretty much the most noble hearted souls on the planet so i don't know it was probably like they didn't understand it so it was diabolical oh yeah (laughs) well and for the longest period of time until recently really it's like animals have been viewed as being unintelligent dumb you know just not worth very much I know, but why would something like that be considered diabolical? You know, it's I, I think there was like they would see the how smart they are and they would think it was something other than what it is. And then Maybe. because of that, they decided to say, no, they're all stupid. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> we know better, don't we? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think they, well, you know, it, in combination with not understanding, they didn't approve mm. of the respect that pagans and Wiccans had for nature, plants and animals. Yeah. So they targeted those who didn't completely abide by Christian authority. Yeah, we all know what happened with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Inquisition, Salem witch trials. <laughs> How many times did we have a, a, like a, I don't know, a curtailing of witchery in our earth's history? It's just like mm-hmm. ridiculous. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah, well, you know, even with all those witches that were targeted, it wasn't just the humans that ended up being killed and tortured. The cats were as well. Yeah, well, didn't some people think that cats were witches as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because of their shape-shifting properties that they assumed? Yeah, and the black cats in particular were viewed as that because I think something to do with them not being able to be seen easily in the dark. Mm. And, you know. They hide in the shadows. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it was believed that black cats eventually became singled out as being connected with witches because they may have been better mousers due to blending in with the night so much more easily. And it was also believed that witches tend to be fairly practical. Mm. So having a cat that can be a better mouser would obviously be a practical choice. Yeah. But, you know, I think human beings have this tendency to create stories around anything that they don't understand. Yeah. And we're easily manipulated too. Yes. If somebody in authority says something, if we trust that person, we are easy to jump on their bandwagon. Mm -hmm. And then it just dominoes from there. Yeah. You know, that might be something you guys want to consider. It's like, if you hear something that you don't have all the information behind ask yourself if you are willing to believe it just because you heard somebody that you know or trust saying it or whether you're willing to question it at all questioning is always good (laughs) (laughs) i don't think we talk about that a lot you know discernment you know you know never believe everything that you hear or read always do your own research and come up with your own opinion and your own belief structure around that using the intelligence of other sources to create that opinion. Yeah. And don't just use external sources, go internally and Mm -hmm. ask yourself, does this actually feel like it makes sense to me? Yeah. That's where that discernment comes in. (laughs) Cause you could have a lot of information out there. You know, you could have 95% of the population be on board with a certain idea doesn't necessarily mean it's the right idea yeah and how many times we say that cats are individuals and animals are individuals so every cat is not gonna be the same every dog's not gonna be the same every bird is not gonna be the same so you can't just put a blanket thing over one animal and think that that's gospel no pun intended Mm -hmm. we're talking about churches but (laughs) yeah right point is is to try to find the truth and the truth is not always out there when we go inside we are much better able to discern where the actual truth is yeah so 
I've got a little bit more lore for you before we get into more of the health and science and all of that for you <laughs> in regards to your cats. <laughs> Halloween's all about lore. Yes. <laughs> the ghost stories and <laughs> the mysteries of Halloween. <laughs> it was also believed that cat siths which are fairy creatures in celtic myth look like large black cats who according to legend haunt the scottish highlands and sometimes steal souls (laughs) during the samhain gaelic festival it was believed that cat sith would bless all homes that left out a saucer of milk and curse those homes that did not. Those, those who didn't leave out the saucer of milk probably understood the milk intolerance, the dairy intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, back then oh, they probably right. didn't know about it. <laughs> no, probably not. But <laughs> to throw and if you're there. just tuning in with us, Milk is not good for cats. So that's why we're <laughs> laughing. We talk about lactose intolerance all the time. So, it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's myth. It's lore. <laughs> we know better now. Eventually, the Samhain celebration merged with All Saints Day to spawn what we have come to know as Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. so why did we just share with you a bunch of myths and superstitions about cats well some people still hold a torch for these beliefs or just enjoy pranks and this could cause your beloved kitty cat to be in danger on halloween nights or even nights leading up to it especially for black cats yeah that's scary that's really scary so now we're back to the serious thing so we want to keep your cat safe so what can you do? Number one, don't let your cats roam. Number two, especially don't let them roam around Halloween. Mm-hmm. And though we are focusing on Halloween in this episode, it's also Black Cat Awareness Month in the month of October. Mm. And this is appropriate considering that Black cats in particular are more targeted during the Halloween season than any other cat. Some rescues and shelters will not adopt out black cats or perhaps even any cats on or near the Halloween holiday. I think that's a good practice. Mm-hmm. It's a very good practice. Well, that was kind of fun, but we ended up with really serious stuff. <laughs> but, you know, that's what we are. We're the animal files. We expose the truth, the science, and the spirituality. So Halloween spirituality? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. But the truth and the science as well. You got to be careful with your animals during seasons like this, especially your black cats and cats in general, because people don't understand cats. A lot of the stuff that we talked about earlier on in this half about the lore and what people had thought about black cats in the medieval times, a lot of that stuff still exists today. And so there is a real legit fear of cats. Because of all of that. And that fear can turn into hatred. And that hatred can turn into not so good stuff for your animal. So when we come back, we are going to talk about a little bit more 
about your little felines. See you in just a little bit. Hi everyone, as season two of The Animal Files comes to a close, Miranda and I want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us over the last two years. We are looking forward to all of the great stuff we have planned in 2023. And if you like what we're doing here and want to support us further, head on over to patreon.com slash the Animal Files official and consider becoming a patron. You can also pop over to our website, www.theanimalfilespodcast.com to give a one-time donation or to grab yourself some merch. Now let's get back to our show. And we are back with our very special Halloween episode where we are talking about cats and how to keep them safe. And also how to keep your other animals safe as well, because October's got a lot of weird energy to it. And we're going to start it off with some of the things that you can do to keep your cat safe. Hmm. Did you know that these superstitions and myths are not the only things that could cause harm to your little tiger or lioness? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could probably guess that, but... <laughs> <laughs> If you've listened to us before, I'm sure <laughs> you're, yeah. you're waiting for us to share some more. <laughs> I know. I leave it to us. We give you too much information, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Well, you know, the great thing about a podcast is you don't have to necessarily listen to it all at once. You can always come back and <laughs> listen to <laughs> exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A lot of this stuff can also help you throughout the year. It's not just Halloween. Some of these things come up a few times, so it's all good. So let's talk about some of the ways. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you five main ways to help protect your four-legged, slinky, curious felines. <laughs> We've already basically mentioned this. Avoid letting them outside around and during Halloween. Some people, whether they hold the above beliefs or not could end up harming, killing, or abducting your cat. It's unfortunately a harsh reality. Yeah. And a lot of that could depend on where you live too. There are some yeah. areas where it's less safe for a cat. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like a place like Salem, it may be a very real issue there. Because I don't know how. Either that or they're more safe up there because everybody's afraid they're a witch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> when you let them outside your cats could become scared and panicked you could end up having young children trying to rush up to the cats in their excitement and the costumes and loud sounds that happen around halloween could end up creating fear in them another thing is that they might try to eat dropped halloween goodies or pieces that have fallen off the costumes so anything that they eat could either be toxic for them or it could create an obstruction and cause harm as it goes through their digestive system. The best thing for you to do to protect your cats is to place them in a secure room to prevent access to the front door. They may not like this particularly. They might vocalize that they don't like being shut up in a room if they're not used to it. But think of the alternative. If they have access to the front door, there's a strong chance that they will bolt outside if they are used to going out every night. Yeah. They may also bolt out of fear 
because of the costumes and the masks, the commotion from trick-or-treaters, the unusual sounds from the Halloween props. These could all create different levels of fear. And I mean, of course, every cat is different. They all have different personalities. They have all different fear levels. So it's not that all cats are going to react that way, but it's better to prevent the possibility than take the risk of, oh, well, my cat's easygoing. They're not going to do anything. Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you only do this when you have lots of trick-or-treaters. Even if you don't have, if say you live in a rural area and you don't have a lot of trick-or-treaters, you still have to be aware of when your cat goes out. Because rural areas is probably where ne'er-do-wells are going to do their horrible things. And if your cat Mm -hmm. is there, you never know what's going to happen. Because Mm -hmm. under the cover of darkness, anybody who wants to cause chaos and do not so good things to cats will probably be in more rural areas so it can be both in the city or in the neighborhoods when you have a lot of people coming to your door and also in rural areas so it's not just one or the other yeah let more busy areas is less likely to have issues because people who are going to want to cause harm are going to want to do it in a way where they're least likely to be caught yeah So they're not going to want to have a lot of people around. Another thing to be aware of is toxic foods and food-related issues. We talk about this with every seasonal, like every holiday that we end up mentioning in our shows, but this is basically an ongoing daily thing to be aware of, not just on holiday seasons. Yeah. We can't say this enough because it's so important all year long. And the more we say it and the more we talk about it, the more it's in your head, it's there. You can pull it out whenever you need to pull it out. And so you can make sure that your animals stay safe 24, 7, 365. The more you hear it, the more it becomes second nature to you. Mm -hmm. Do you guys like to give your kitty Halloween treats so that they don't feel left out? Oh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe that's so you don't feel guilty. (laughs) Oh, God, I hope not. I hope not. (laughs) Now, that might depend on what you're actually giving as a treat. Mm -hmm. But in terms of candies and chocolates and stuff like that, most cats aren't interested in sweet things. If they do eat something sweet, it's that they're likely going to be attracted to the fats or something else that's in the treat because they don't actually have the taste buds to taste sweetness. So if they like it, there's something else that is tasting good to them. Yeah, might, might be the fat or the oils or something. Right. Chocolate contains a chemical called theobromine, which is toxic to cats. And the darker the chocolate, the more theobromine is going to be in it. Now that's not to say that if they get into milk chocolates that that's safe, or white chocolate, that that's safe, because there is still theobromine in there. But in those cases, it depends on the quantity that they're eating. Yeah, I just want to add, dogs may actually have reaction to some of these things. So all you dog owners out there, listen up. Mm -hmm. A lot of the candies that are being created these days have a sugar alcohol called xylitol. 
Sometimes there's other ones like sorbitol or other sugar alcohols that's been created, but xylitol is the most common one, I think. And that is deadly. Yeah, especially if your dogs. Mm -hmm. Raisins and grapes can affect the kidneys. And that's sometimes a treat that people will give to kids as well. It can cause kidney failure very quickly. Treats with any kind of dairy create issues because of the lactose. Like we were Hence why before. we were, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sugars in general are also just not good for animals, period. Other treats that are not good for your animals are salty treats such as chips, pretzels, nuts, or even salted caramels and chocolates. Wrappers and plastic sticks from candies and chocolates could end up causing an obstruction or an injury to your cat or dog. Yeah. I know with my Maisie, if I eat like a candy that has like a foil wrapper, it's like the best thing for her. She loves the sound of it and she mm -hmm. has to come up and see what it is. And I just got some candies and she immediately wanted to start chewing on the foil. And I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. So now I have to hide them from her and, mm. and throw them away because it, it interests her. Like all these wrappers they have, especially for cats, that sound. Because I don't know if you guys noticed, but cats are like ASMR kind of people. They love all those weird. They love sounds like mm. that. <laughs> and they it drives them nuts. And so wrappers are really, really, really a scary thing because if you leave wrappers hanging out on the table, they're going to start playing with the wrapper and depending on the cat, it could eat it. And then you got a problem because those things don't digest. Mm -hmm. Now, then you're going to the vet. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned earlier that if your cat is roaming outside and treats end up dropping, that's the kind of thing that could end up causing harm if they end up finding a sucker or something along those lines. Yeah. Now, if you really, really, really want to give your cat a treat or your dog a treat to make them feel like they're a part of things, pumpkin is a safe treat to offer. Now, cats don't typically eat pumpkin because it is a vegetable and they are carnivores, but it has been deemed safe for them to eat it. Just make sure it's in small quantities and make sure that there are no seasoning whatsoever in it. And that it's well cooked. Yeah. What kind of Halloween props and decorations do you like to decorate your home with? <laughs> this could be a sea of fun things here. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but my husband and I, when we decorate, we decorate. <laughs> we decorate. <laughs> of course, lately it's been mostly outside. So we, you know, we keep it away from our, our own cats, but. Yeah, no, these props and decorations, man, they can be out of control. I mean, I've seen people now decorating their houses the way people decorate for Christmas. Like the whole oh, yeah, house definitely. is covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mother-in-law does it on the inside. Every room's got Halloween stuff. <laughs> it's like... We've got uh, an area in our city that is referred to as Halloween Alley. Oh, fun. <laughs> So one of the ones that you need to be aware of is the jack-o'-lanterns. Why are these a concern? Because some people will use artificial candles inside their carved pumpkins, 
but some people will also use real candles. The artificial candles are much safer to use. Real candles, a cat could end up becoming curious and wanting to sort of stick their head in the openings of the jack-o'-lantern and ultimately end up burning their whiskers or their nose or catching their fur on fire if they got close enough to it. They could also end up knocking the pumpkin off and depending on where it's at. If it's sitting on a porch, it's probably not going to create too much issue. But if that candle ends up connecting with something that is flammable, you could end up having a real problem on your hands. Yeah. And there's a lot of those Halloween decorations that have a lot of fabric, like cottons and linens that kind of hang down. That stuff will go right up. Mm -hmm. But other thing I want to throw in squirrels too because squirrels love pumpkins so Mm. if you have candles in your pumpkins if you light them i mean i don't know who would light them all the time but you have to be careful with squirrels because squirrels would also be putting their head inside the the pumpkins and eating the pumpkins and all of that stuff so gotta be careful with other animals as well yeah so consider the placement of them because even if you use the artificial candles Cats, and I don't know, maybe squirrels too, could be fascinated by the flickering light. And so artificial candles still have that flickering light aspect to it. Mm -hmm. And they still could end up knocking the pumpkin off. So it's not going to create a fire, but depending on, you know, where you place it, it could still end up causing issues. Or you might just have to keep putting it back all the time. Yeah. Or get the big pumpkins. They'll stay put because <laughs> they're too right, heavy. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Other props to be aware of are the ones that can scream, cackle, are animated, are lifelike, or have some kind of movement to them because this can be very frightening to your cats. Yeah. Be aware of any glow sticks and glow jewelry as well because if your cat gets a hold of one of those or your dog, and bites into them, it contains toxic material. Yeah, and they're very toxic. Mm -hmm. Now, costumes. We already kind of talked about costumes that humans are wearing, and if pieces drop off, how that could be a risk to your cat or dog. But have you ever dressed your cat up in a costume or some other outfit because you think it looks adorable on them? I think there's a sea of hands, including my own. Yeah. (laughs) Some cats will tolerate this, but for the most part, they don't enjoy having clothes put on them. Yeah. Some clothing does protect our pets. You know, when we use a jacket or booties or something like that to help protect them from the weather. But a lot of the outfits are more about satisfying our own ego. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of us, we don't have kids, so we have our, our animals. Now, mm-hmm. my cat, because she's got the feline leukemia virus, she's used to wearing things because she wears sweaters every winter. Uh, you know, she likes the window open. And if the w- temperature is below 40 degrees, I put the sweater on her. So she's used to having something on her. But that's more for her protection, not for, I mean, obviously, I'm going to choose a color that looks good on her, but it's going to be for her <laughs> safety. <laughs> 
like I won't choose a costume that actually has something that goes over the head because that's something that cats do not like. And I see mm-hmm. a lot of those, like a lot of sweaters and sweat with like hoodies. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't put a hoodie on a cat. Don't put a Halloween costume on a cat that goes over the head. They just don't like mm-hmm. it. They like to have their ears free and touching their whiskers that then you end up with whisker fatigue. So just keep it simple if you're going to do it. But Right. Yeah. You know, we generally don't recommend costumes or outfits that are not completely necessary, but I know that people do like them. So this is what you need to keep in mind. What Victoria was mentioning, you want to make sure it's not going to hamper your pet's movement or vision or constrict their ability to breathe properly. Those are the main things that you need to keep in mind. And make sure also that when you do it, that you're observing their behaviors, because if it's completely stressing them out, you also don't want to do it. Yeah, you take it off them. I actually have to alter all of Maisie's sweaters because she doesn't like to have things. I mean, her harness is the only thing that goes between like down her sternum between her her paws. She kind of prefers the halter kind of version. So I, I cut her sweaters so her legs are completely free because she doesn't like having that restricted motion. So mm-hmm. she's just covered on her chest, on her belly and on her back. And so her legs are free. And that's what I do. I just alter the outfit, you know, because mm-hmm. I know that when she has something that's over the center of her chest, like down her sternum, she does not like that at all. And she just, it stresses her out. So I just cut it and put it, make it a halter. It seems to be better for her. And that's when I bought her her Halloween costume for this year. It's a halter. It doesn't go between her front legs. It's just, it's not on her sternum. It, you know, the Velcro is at, at her, the top of her chest and around her belly and that's it. And so she can mm-hmm. handle it. And if you're not sure whether or not an outfit is causing stress to your animal, dog, cat, whatever kind of pet you might have, make sure you check back to some of our other episodes where we discuss different aspects of how an animal can express stress, how they communicate it through vocalizations and behaviors. So the key things that we recommend you keep in mind when it comes to your kitties and in some cases, your dogs, avoid allowing them to roam. Keep them in a secure room or area away from the front door so that they don't have access. You know, you could even if you have like a finished basement or something and you want to keep them down there, just somewhere where they're not going to suddenly be able to bolt to the front door. Yeah. And are comfortable. And like Miranda said, yes. finished basement. Don't throw them in a room that that they don't like. Mm -hmm. make them comfortable yes be aware of any problem and toxic foods pay attention to the props and the decorations you choose to use and costumes we don't really recommend in general yeah what we do with ours is we pretty much buy the costume we take a couple pictures and then we take it off Now, she may have another time where we're going to wear it. It depends on the temperature because we are going to a Halloween parade. So she may wear it then, but it's literally just like a little halter jacket that has like dragon wings on it. So it's not like it's a full costume. It's just like a sweater, just with, you know, (laughs) a tail and wings. You know, like those, 
those costumes that I've seen where it's like, it's making them look like a person playing a guitar or something like that. Those I generally consider to be too restrictive because they're usually pretty close around the neck. Yeah. And they're usually right around the, like completely on the front legs. Yeah. Those are ones that you would buy, take a picture, take it off. Yes. So out of those five things that we mentioned, maybe choose one actionable step that you could take this year. So maybe this year, consider keeping your cats inside and secure in a comfortable, calm location. That's probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's other things that you guys already do to help protect your cats and your dogs during this holiday, we'd love for you to share it with us. You can email us at the animal files podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what your experiences are, what the different things are that you do. You can also find us at the animal files podcast.com where we have our socials. You can also listen to the episodes there. You can find different ways to support us by becoming a Patreon member, donating, and merchandise. We've got some really cute t-shirts and notebooks, coffee cups, different things like that that you can get. Lots of fun stuff. You can also find resources that we are continuing to add on there as we go as well. Yes. And we do have a few things up there. So you can look back to some of our guests that we've had on the show with links. So you can learn about different other ways to keep your animals safe. We have animal behaviors. We have animal communicators. We have catio builders. If you want to be able to have your cat go outside, but you don't want them to roam. Well, there you go. There's a catio for you. So there's Mm. lots of links for you to look at. And as always, if you don't see something on the website, just reach out to us. We have two more episodes to go for this season, but don't you worry. Season three is going to be just as awesome in 2023. We've got a lot of great interviews starting to line up for you. A lot more information too, so you can help to keep your animals safe and thriving throughout the year. And we'd love for you to share this information, these episodes with anybody else that you know of who has a cat, a dog, a rabbit, a bird, whatever kind of pet they might have. And while we are on our break, we are going to try to set up our YouTube channel. So you'll be able to get all of our episodes from our radio show that we were doing at WGLRO Radio. And you will be able to have a whole bunch more information at your disposal. So that's what we're going to work on during our break in between seasons. But make sure you come back next week and the week after because we got two more great episodes for you. And with that, we wish you a very, very happy and safe Halloween. Keep your animals safe because they rely on you. See you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to our bonus Halloween episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Season 2 ends in just two weeks, but The Animal Files will be back with Season 3 in 2023 with more great interviews and topics to help keep your animals safe, happy, 
and healthy each and every week. In the meantime, you can head on over to theanimalfilespodcast.com to check out our growing list of resources and to stay connected with us through our socials. See you next week.